Glory to Jesus Christ, Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish presents Light of the East, a program revealing how the Eastern Catholic Churches have nourished the Roman Catholic Churches and today's world in profound ways through their history, traditions, mysteries, and spirituality. Hello, I am Father Thomas J. Loya, pastor of Annunciation of the Mother of God Byzantine Catholic Church in Homer Glen, Illinois, and this is the story of the Eastern Churches, an inspiring story of faith courage, intrigue, mystery, spirituality, dissension, and reconciliation. But most of all, this is an expression of a great experience of faith through our unique divine liturgy. Join with me now as we look toward the Light of the East. Light of the East is also supported by Eastern Christian Publications, where you can find the prayers of the Catholic Byzantine Daily Office at ecpubs.com and by easternchristianmedia.com, a broadband network for you to learn more about the Eastern Catholic Churches. That's easternchristianmedia.com. Glory to Jesus Christ. Welcome to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya, your host. And once again, before we go any further in our program, we'd like to welcome our newest listeners from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, on Catholic Community Radio, 1380 WPYR. Welcome to Light of the East, all of you in Baton Rouge and other parts of Louisiana as well. And of course, another hello to some of our great faithful listeners, Jonathan Dean from San Diego, Kathy Miller from Minnesota, Sonia from California, William Radovich from Chicago, Charles Cook from Saginaw, Deacon Lawrence and Joe Marquis from Livonia, Michigan, and all of our listeners in the Cleveland, Akron, Canton area, my hometown, specifically Cleveland area, on listening on Living Bread Radio. That's Living Bread Radio. So welcome to all of you, and thank you again for all of your kindness to us, and above all, especially, thank you for listening, and also please pass pass it on. Pass on what you experience from this program to other people. Invite them to tune in as well. One of the opportunities you still have available to immerse yourself in the Eastern churches, especially if you're a laity, is the Eastern Catholic Church's Encounter, which is still going on. We've had a couple of them already. Now, the last one is on the West Coast in California at the Hacienda Hotel at LAX Airport. That's Thursday to Sunday, November 1st to the 4th. November 1st to the 4th, that's Thursday to Sunday at Hacienda Hotel at LAX Airport. And again, to find out about that, go to Encounter2012EasternCatholicChurches.org. Encounter. 2012 Eastern Catholic Churches.org. This encounter of the Eastern Churches is a blend of speakers, religious services in the various Eastern Catholic traditions, vendors, of course, and displays, and hospitality time, time to just be together as Eastern Catholics. And those of you who are not, who would like to experience us, one of the themes is Together in Christ. As I mentioned, it's a unique gathering of all Eastern Catholic Churches of the United States and Canada represented by hierarchy, clergy, religious, and laity, together in Christ. And the purpose is to explore the call to discipleship received at baptism. In other words, it's kind of aimed especially at laity. And the spiritual of discipleship calls clergy and laity together into the vineyard of Christ with unity of mission, diversity, and ministry. So it's one voice encountering Christ together in prayer. So why not consider it? I think those of you who want to experience, learn more, and just see many Eastern Catholic churches— you got a great opportunity there on November 1st to the 4th. That's a Thursday to Sunday at the Hacienda Hotel at LAX Airport. So go to Encounter 2012, EasternCatholicChurches.org. There were, as I mentioned, a number of speakers 
at these conferences, the Eastern Catholic Churches Encounter conferences. I did attend the first one, and some of the highlights are very significant for you. We mentioned them in previous programs, but I want to talk also today a little bit about a couple of the other speakers and some of their points, because they're very worthwhile. One of those, it was a deacon. He was a Melkite deacon. Now, Melkite means the Byzantine rite as it was practiced in the area of the Middle East, especially in Lebanon and Syria. And his name is Deacon Sabatino Roberto Carnazzo. He's a Melkite deacon, which be a Byzantine Catholic Melkite deacon. He is also the executive director of the Institute of Catholic Culture. Living stones were being built up into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Okay? So that is the essence of the church. The church isn't the buildings or the structures or the Pope. I mean, he's a part of the church, no doubt. But the, the whole church is the Laos Tuteu, the people of God, is what we want to talk about today. Perhaps I'll go quickly to this next section because I'm going to assume most of you know the, the, the ins and outs of the next question, which is how do we become children of God? And most likely that's known through baptism, the, the sacraments of initiation. And we know that baptism, through baptism, uh, we join ourselves with Christ. As we pray in, in the uh, Byzantine liturgy uh, during the baptismal periods, all you who have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, alleluia. And it comes from Galatians, where it says in chapter 3, For you all sons of God, through faith in Christ Jesus, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. And then it goes to say, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And then furthermore, in chrismation, we're anointed with the Holy Spirit and we are consecrated or set apart as that holy nation, that bond that links all of us together in the ecclesia. We are a royal priesthood for ministry as the people of God. This year, the Orientale Lumen best summarized and most popular by St. Athanasius the Great. God became man so that man might become God, paraphrasing St. Irenaeus who came before him. The good news is that we are called to become like God. We are called to be deified. We are called to nothing less than holiness, to share in the uncreated energies of God. Not, by, not in his essence, but in the energies. As you can hear, the deacon was talking about the what and the how of laity, of the lay role, the how and the what of lay leadership in action. And he mentioned that the actions for mankind, you know, the human person created by God, was called, and he cites the scriptures on this, to be fruitful, to have dominion, and to till the garden. To be fruitful, to have dominion, and to till the garden. And laity in particular are to order creation. That's the role of the laity. In other words, to order creation. In other words, the right use of creation. Now, by creation, of course, we mean the whole of life. You know, the workplace, food, you know, farming, the earth, housing, home life. Basically, every place where we live. That is the area that laity are supposed to bring into order. In other words, order it means to make it like the kingdom of God. Make it the way God intended it to be. And this includes, of course, in a particular way, especially for laity, stewardship or the use of money, the right use of money. Yes, there is actually a right ordering, a sacramental approach to everything in life, even including money. This is why when we look at some of the big issues of our day, especially now that we're approaching election time, we talk about the economy. We talk about 
healthcare, the environment, marriage, family, education. All these things are approached best with the right ordering. That's right. There's actually a God's way to approach these things. And when we do, they become much more effective, much more fruitful, much more reflective of the original intent and of the kingdom of God on earth. Now, this is a very strong concept in the Eastern spirituality because we see all of life as very, very sacramental. And we take a sacramental approach to everything. And that's what we mean by the right ordering. So the deacon Sabatino in his talk gave a very, very strong point about the role of laity is to order the world. And he said that the laity are the hands and feet of the church, whereas the head of the church, of course, would be the clergy. And obviously, a body has to work together. The hands and the feet work together. The head directs the the body, but yet the hands and the feet do the work of the head. So the later the hands and the feet of the body of the church and leadership in the church starts with realizing it is a gift to be used and that everyone, all laity, have a role of leadership in various ways, especially in terms of taking their faith to the secular world, to give the right ordering to the secular world. Now, the deacon also mentioned that we have to start with the conversion of heart. The first step in lay leadership <coughs> is metanoia or metanoia, conversion of heart. In speaking about the conversion of heart, which is a starting point for renewal of the laity in the Eastern churches, he said that we, and this is an interesting analogy, well, one is a favorite of mine, of course, because it, it's kind of mindful of the theology of the body. He says that we should see the parish and treat it like a spouse and not like a concubine. And he refers to Colossians, Paul's letter to Colossians, about enduring pain as for a spouse. And he asks a very pointed question. He says, we have to ask ourselves, are our churches, are they suffering because rather than being fishers of men, we're sunbathing instead? In other words, he was challenging us to really look at the role, especially of laity, and taking ownership for their part in the stewarding of things on this earth and of their role in the church, how they actually live and look at the church. One of the things he also cited was that fasting. Fasting is an important discipline because fasting is not a negation so much. It's more of an affirmation. We step back, and this is a very strong point in the Eastern spirituality. We step back from something, not because it's bad, or maybe we're having too much of it. Well, maybe we are, but we don't step back of it for those negative reasons. We step back from it for a positive reason so that we can sort of recapture the true value of that thing. And also along with that comes the biblical mandate for tithing. Now, we have, Eastern Catholic churches have, I was very happy to hear the deacon point this out because this is a point that I like to point out as well, and if you listen to this program, you will have heard it, that the Eastern Catholic churches have what the world is hungering for. Yes, the whole Catholic church does, but in a one specific way, the Eastern Catholic churches do because of this sense of the sacramental. That's the thing that's really missing. That's at the heart of all of our problems. We don't see and therefore interface with all of life correctly. We separate things out. We separate church from state our family life from what happens at church, the workplace from what happens at church. Whereas in the Eastern spirituality, we're very strong in the concept of domestic church. In other words, take that Eucharistic experience, that sacramental experience where we proclaim the sacramentality of all creation and offer it back to God, united with Christ himself. We take that vision that we experience in liturgy, in Eucharist, 
And we take that vision to all of life, even things we wouldn't think of. That's right. From in the environment to healthcare to the, all the issues of human sexuality to the workplace to the ballpark, everywhere. We take that sacramental view. That's what the world is hungering for. That's what's missing. And there's a particular strength of the Eastern churches. And that's why what we have is needed. It's just that the Eastern churches have to realize that. That's one of their biggest problems. I sometimes think that the original sin of the Eastern Catholic churches is is actually a, a bit of an inherent inferiority. Maybe because we're small and oftentimes not recognized by many People don't exactly know who we are, except if you listen to this program, Light of the East, because that's its very mission, is to make known the riches of the Eastern Church, but of the whole church, East and West. So sometimes I think the Eastern Churches suffer from a bit of an inferiority complex. Not that we are inferior, but that we sometimes don't understand what it is we really have, and we're a little bit timid in bringing that to the world. Now, that's something we have to learn from the genius of our Latin brethren. The Western lung of the church is a great genius for taking the truth to the world. They sort of have a kind of a a certain confidence, a certain ability to engage the world, to kind of look the world in the eye and say, well, uh, excuse me, uh, let's talk here. Let's dialogue a little bit. Let me tell you what I got and I'll listen to what you've got. The Eastern churches are a little bit shy on that. They tend to be more enclosed, a little, I don't know, kind of fearful, uneasy about taking what they have beyond themselves. But we here at Light of the East are not afraid to take what we have and bring it to all of you, which we're going to do when we return. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Light of the East's mission is Christianity's reunion. And to tell the story of the Eastern Lung of the Catholic Church, we need your support in order to keep Light of the East on the air. You can make a donation now by going to byzantinecatholic.com. That's ByzantineCatholic.com. Click on the radio button and then donate securely using any major credit card. With your help, we can keep Light of the East's illumination bright. Glory to Jesus Christ. My name is Deacon Michael Lee, and I would like to personally invite you to come and receive life. I am Father Thomas Loya, inviting you to discover life, unwrap, and explore John's Gospel as a profound preparation for the Nativity of Christ. Jesus, the Good Shepherd in the Gospel of St. John, says that He came to bring us life, and that we might have that life abundantly. And while we're unwrapping John's Gospel, we'll examine the themes of incarnation, personhood, the most holy trinity, faith, the holy mysteries, and our call to holiness to name a few. Find out for yourself. Join us Tuesday evenings beginning at 6.30 p.m. Eastern during the Phillips Fast, November 20th through December 18th at the Byzantine Catholic Cultural Center located at 2420 West 14th Street in Cleveland's historic Tremont neighborhood. Can't make it to the center? Watch the live streaming video online and email your questions or comments to be part of the conversation. Visit bizcathculturalcenter.org for complete details. You're listening to Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. The Tabor Life Institute, which is dedicated to the formation and education in the theology of the body. To find out more about the Tabor Life Institute, you can go to taborlife.org. That's taborlife.org. Especially if you're interested in conferences and retreats, in particular for youth, young adults, and also for those of you who speak Spanish. That's taborlife.org.
Welcome back to Light of the East. I'm Father Thomas Loya. As we are encountering the Eastern churches, as you're listening, a little play on words there, because we're talking about the encounter experience, that conference, the encounter of the Eastern Catholic churches that has been going on throughout the United States. There's one more occurring. Again, it's November 1st to the 4th. That's Thursday to Sunday, 2012, at Hacienda Hotel at LAX Airport. So go to encounter2012easterncatholicchurches.org to find out information, to register. And I highly encourage you to attend. I think you'll have a lot of fun there. I really do. Especially if you are not an Eastern Catholic, you'll get a sense of what we are about, meet the people, meet the clergy, and hear what the issues are. We were talking about one of the speakers, Deacon Sabatino from the Melkite Byzantine Church. And he was talking about the wine of lay leadership. And to sum up Deacon's message, it was the message of basically of all the speakers in one way or another, that the laity are called to assume what is their leadership role in bringing about the right ordering of things in the world and also in the church. In other words, they have a role that is specific to them, a role that priests, you know, the clergy, their ordained or vowed religious cannot do. We who are religious, do have our role, of course, but the beauty of the church is that there are different roles, and the laity have a very significant role. In other words, they can go to places that we cannot go, and they must go there. They must go to the workplace and to the environment and to the stores and so on, and to bring this sacramental view, this right ordering to that. That's how laity lead. They lead by witnessing to the world the right ordering of things, the right way to do things. And they're able to lead by being energized and, and receiving the, that insight by their involvement in church, their deep involvement in church and their prayer life of the church, the liturgical life of the church, and also their service to the church. So immersing themselves in the church helps to provide laity with that kind of energy, that vision, that grace that they need to go into the various aspects of the world and to order those things accordingly. Again, I point to politics. Many of us are very skeptical. It's very easy to get skeptical, very skeptical and cynical even, even apathetic about politics, about candidates. In fact, I understand that there are many people who are not even registering or bothering to vote in this election, supposedly, at least not nearly the numbers that they had last time, you know, four years ago. And I can sense a lot of skepticism. But what the laity do is they bring that hope, they bring that message of right ordering to the world of politics. The reason why we're skeptical or because we're kind of downtrodden perhaps in what we see in politics and government and the world affairs is because it is not Catholic enough. It is not spiritual, sacramental enough. And so the laity have to bring that vision there. We need to have all of you, many of you who are listening there and even your children, we need to have you energized, enlightened by the spirituality of, of your church And then we need to have you to go into politics, to go into government. We need to bring that vision. And that vision just doesn't happen magically. It has to be incarnated in people. And those people are the laity. That's how you lead. You bring that touch, that tone of the right ordering to every aspect of life. And boy, we sure need it in government and politics, don't we? Politics should not be a so-called dirty term. It should be a very sanctified thing because it has to do with the service to human beings, service to human beings. So the call to laity, and this is, comes out very strongly in this encounter, is to bring to the world that sacramental vision, to help bring the right ordering to all things, to go to places where religious and clergy cannot go. 
Also, there was a call, it was very clear in all the talks, of the Eastern Catholic churches coming together, collaborating. Collaboration was a huge concept in this. It kept resurfacing because we were very spread out, all of the Eastern churches. That's why many of you have not experienced an Eastern church. Maybe you have never even seen one. You may not even have heard of them except for listening to this program. It's not your fault. It's just that we're very, very sparse or very, very spread out. In some areas of the country, we're a little bit more concentrated, but for the most part, we're very, very spread out. Unlike the Latin Rite Church, which is much more dense in population throughout the country, the Eastern churches are very spread out and sparse. So we have to share resources. We have to collaborate. We have to come together in a greater sense of unity. And that was one of the very reasons for this encounter, to, to do just that, to encounter one another, to share resources, to see where we can collaborate and not try to duplicate efforts. Oftentimes, it's the nature of the Eastern churches because we're very local in our spirituality, very local in our ecclesiology. In other words, it's kind of like my bishop, my priest, my parish. It's very sort of, uh, it's like a smaller, less sort of monolithic concept of church or sort of character of church than in the West. And that has its blessing and advantages, but it also has a kind of a downside. And that downside is that we tend to be a little bit kind of provincial or ghettoized in our thinking. And we tend to want to duplicate resources. In other words, this church over here is trying to do its little catechetical program. This one's over there is trying to do its catechetical program. This one's got its seminary. That one's got their seminary. And nowadays, sometimes those efforts are very, very challenging for the Eastern churches. We just don't all have the sufficient resources, even though we insist on having our own of everything, our own seminary, our own this, our own that. So the time has come, and this came out at the encounter, and I was glad to see that point. The t- time has come for the Eastern churches to really consider collaboration, you know, sharing resources, doing things together. And indeed, they have made progress in that over the years. One of the signs of that, of course, is this encounter conference. This is the third one. It happens every five years, and it's a cooperative effort. Another sign of that has been what's been around for a while now, I'm proud to say, ECDD. That's the Eastern Catholic Conference of Diocesan Directors of Religious Education. Now, that's a mouthful. I'll say it again. The Eastern Catholic Conference of Diocesan Directors of Religious Education. This is where all the Eastern Catholic churches have come together, the religious educators, directors of religious education, and they've put out texts together that are shared, especially adult ed texts and also catechetical texts for children. That's a very, very marvelous effort of collaboration. It's been going on for a number of years. But the Eastern churches, especially as called for at this encounter, need to do a whole lot more of that, to collaborate, to move out beyond themselves towards each other, and to engage the world, to take what the world needs and what we have, and to bring that to the world. And that part of it is why it is a blessing for Eastern Catholic churches to be in union with our Western brethren. I think that's one of the great blessings. Sometimes people ask me, well, What is the reason? Why would you want to be Eastern Catholic in the Catholic Church? In other words, what advantages are there for being in union with Rome? Many of our Orthodox brethren will ask that. Well, one of those advantages is is that we can share and avail ourselves of each other's riches. And we have to be honest and humble enough to know that our churches need each other. That's why there is this complementarity. There is this breathing with both lungs. And so the Eastern Catholic churches can learn much and avail themselves much from our Latin Rite brethren, their particular gifts and geniuses. And one of those is the ability to take what you got, you know, show the world what you got, as they say. Take these riches to the world. 
We've got the riches. We just have to do a better job taking him to the world. And that's just a little bit a little bit foreign to Eastern churches. Eastern churches tend to rely more on people being drawn to them by the overpowering beauty and depth of our spirituality and our iconography, which is all fine. That is how Eastern churches evangelize. But there comes a point when you do have to bring it out. And for that, we look for the assistance of the gifts of our Latin Rite brethren. And that's the beauty of the church, East and West, complementary, breathing with both lungs. In addition to the encounter, I want to let you know, as we close our program here, about another opportunity coming up. You'll be hearing a lot more about this, and that is a chance to unwrap John's gospel by means of a Byzantine deacon. I'll tell you more about that, but if you want to find out more right now, just go to the website bizcathculturalcenter.org, bizcathculturalcenter.org, to find out about unwrapping John's gospel. Thanks for listening. I'm Father Thomas Loya on Light of the East. Thank you for listening. Next week, we will return to the Light of the East. To find out more about Annunciation Byzantine Catholic Parish, visit our website, byzantinecatholic.com, where you will also find an archive of all of our programs. In order to continue this program with its mission of Christianity's reunion, we need your support with a donation. Any amount would be a blessing. Please make out a check to Light of the East Radio and send it to Light of the East 14610. Will Cook Road, Homer Glen, Illinois, 60491. That's Light of the East, 14610, Will Cook Road, spelled W-I-L-L-C-O-O-K, Road, Homer Glen, Illinois. From the Light of the East, a new dawn of unity is in sight. God bless you, go with God, and may God bless you and grant you many happy years. <laughs>